one of our guys here at Engage Web is into this. Uh, he does sound healing and has a collection of gongs. I don't know why you need more than one gong, but he has many gongs. And watching them do that and, and developing their own skills and their own passion for life, I could see their soul beginning to shine and I could see what was theirs to do. So it was, it was like having my own little study group in a way. What was it that was holding you back? What was holding me back? Um, well, I had a tendency to put other people like teachers, facilitators, um, leaders on a pedestal. On today's Engaging Marketeer podcast, I am interviewing Caroline Carey, who helps people work out the real reason they were put on this earth. Because everybody's soul has a purpose. Everybody is here for a reason. But most people don't know the reason why. I'm not sure I know the reason why or whether I should even be doing this. So I'm going to find out from Caroline how she does that, what kind of people seek her help with this, and what is the process to finding out why are you here. Um, thank you for agreeing to, to be on the podcast. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. You're in. You're in the. Are you in the progressive group? For podcasting. I am. You are. Yeah. So, have you started your podcast as well now? I have. I've got a podcast called Soul Purpose. And how long has it been going? Um, I started. Well, to be honest, I I started it at the beginning of last year, and I just did a few sessions, and I kind of I wasn't getting it really. I wasn't quite. wasn't really working for me. Um, and and then I, I decided to do the course. I joined the Rob Moore Progressive Group. I was interested in that. And then there was the course last October, which uh, was all about the podcasting. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a listen, have a look at this mm. and uh, see what's what. And I was very inspired by it. And I thought, well, let's give it a go. And I sort of got it into gear um, and I sort of, Cloud on in first gear for a little bit, you know, so, uh, 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 trying to find my way with it, and then, um, and then I started to ask people if they would be interviewed for it, and that was a turning point for me. Um, I had interviewed people previously for a film that we were hoping to make, hasn't fully manifested yet, a documentary, and um, some of the people speaking on that, I thought, oh, this is really interesting. This is my topic. This is my subject. So I asked them if they would mind uh, me using it for a podcast, and they were quite happy for me too. So um, yeah, I used a, a couple of those, edited them so they fitted, and then um, continued from there asking people if they would come on my show, and they would. And, and I've been really enjoying it, so I've now got it into probably into about third or fourth gear. So I'd say fourth <laughs> gear, like, smoothly. Not, not into top gear yet. Well, may, maybe that's, you know, when it, when things, when I've got like 2,000 listeners and all that mm. sort of stuff. I'm doing over 1,200 downloads a month at the moment. Okay. So that's, I've been told by the podcast folk that that's quite good. That's, so, that's pretty good, particularly for yeah. something that's very, very niche as well. You've got a very, very it specific very audience. Yeah. It's very niche. But I am managing to ask people who've got good followings and, and that sort of thing. So mm. so it, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm meeting people and, you know, old friends and people I've worked with from years ago and I haven't seen for ages. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying that connection that we're having and, um, and you know, and getting feedback from other people about how they've enjoyed the, the show. Mm. Um, what? And we touch on some really interesting topics. 
What what prompted you to want to, to start the podcast? Gosh, all that time ago. Um, I think it was just another... Oh, I know what, what prompted me. Um, it was my husband actually suggested that I did some recordings of me reading the last book that I published. So I've, I've got six books out there. Um, and I I thought, oh, that's that's quite a good idea. I started to do it. I got a bit stuck with it and it's a lot to read. Um, but I thought, well, I'll, I'll start doing some aspects of my work. I have a particular body of work that I created and I thought, well, I'll start sharing that to begin with and get myself into gear with it. But then hmm. that all sort of stopped. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've started that. It, it is rolling again, but I haven't yet gone back to recording the book. So that will come in time, I hmm. think. Um, I, I, will, I will start to do that again. And I'm I'm always in, always interested when people start podcasts that are, are related to the the business and the industry that they're in. Um, what kind of successes have you seen with that in terms of reaching out to say potential clients or establishing better relationships with existing clients? I d- I don't know as yet. I think it's it's quite early days for the podcast, even though it's it's been quite solid now for about four months. I think it is still early days. But I, I, I do think people are connecting with me. I'm certainly getting people getting in touch and saying, oh, I, I heard that podcast and that was really helpful for me. I'm interested in some of the work that you do. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see really at the moment. At the moment, I'm enjoying doing it. Mm. I don't have the big, you know, the big professional mic and I don't <laughs> have the, you know, the, the fa- fabulous, fabulous website for it all as yet. I, I, I feel like I'm moseying along and, you know, just having a nice time with it at the moment. Mm. But it, um, it's an important, it's become an important part of my work. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I have um, stretched myself rather thinly with the amount of different things that I do. And the podcast has become one of them. And it's important for me, I'm realising, to focus on the things that really work. Um, mm. And other things can, yeah, they can have their place, but... Um, it's 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 quite a lot to mm. be dealing with, and so you know I'm um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm very fortunate to have a husband who's an editor. Who's uh. an editor. <laughs> he can actually go into my podcast and go, mm, let's just shift that little bit and that little bit, and uh, I, I like to try and do them in one go. You know, I, I think that's you know, it. Just feels much more authentic in that way. But um, there are times where yeah, usually I'll I'll have switched off the. The record the recording and, and and then they go and say something really fabulous <laughs> i think oh damn it i wish i'd recorded that so i'm, I'm learning i think can we just go back a minute press the record button. let's just do that bit so so my dear ben is is wonderful at just piecing things back yeah. together again. The, the, the secret is record everything record record everything because you yes. never know when you might need it exactly yes yeah. i'm learning i've definitely mm. got a lot to learn but yeah. i am getting there <laughs> You, you've touched on it there. It was a question I wanted to ask, actually, again, with people that, that start podcasts to help them with their their business and because they enjoy doing it. How much of your time does it actually take? Oh, well, there's booking the client in. And I have to say, I really like doing it quite personally. I like to exchange emails and look at calendars together and things like that. Mm. Um, I'm not very good at these um, automatic Mm. <laughs> here's my calendar yeah. click a button and so anybody the calendly links 
oh, is that what it is? I, I just, I'm, I'm useless with those because I just want to have a conversation with it's somebody. It's impersonal, isn't it? It's impersonal. It really is, yeah. and I, I find it, I just can't connect to that. Um, so I know, I'm sure it works really well for some people, but not for me. Um, you know, my, my calendar's all over the place. I mean, I have, I have lots of grandchildren, lots of big workload, walking dog modes, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's quite difficult to work that out for myself. So anyway, um, but that's beside the point. I'm sure they're really helpful. But so there is that, that setting up the time with people. Um, I tend to do about an hour on, on the conversation itself. And then obviously if Ben is helping me to edit, he, he'll spend some time with that, which he can do very quickly. Um, and then it's posting up. So I, I wouldn't say it's a massive amount of time. Not really. I mean, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, I try and get my podcast out there. And that's my intention every week to have one ready for that. That's, that's one, so, one a week you're doing? Yes. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got quite a few stacked up, you know, ready to go. And mm. I try and keep one, um, you know, one step ahead of, of that. So, yes, um, I'm, at the moment, I'm posting one every Monday. Excellent. And of course, the main thing is you enjoy doing it. It's not a chore. I enjoy it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I do. And I like listening back to it. And, you know, the, I mean, I, I'm choosing a subject that's really dear to my heart. It's not some random thing that I thought, oh, well, let's do a podcast about that. It's, I, it's really close to me. Mm. And the thing is, 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 you know, I've created a whole body of work about people finding, well, it's, it's to help people find their sole purpose, what is genuinely theirs to bring into the world. That's what I had to do for myself. Kept asking the question, what is mine to do? What's mine to bring here? You know, all the trainings that I've done and all the all of that stuff and my qualifications at school, which were zil, none, <laughs> you know, didn't do well there. What was it that was really mine? And I studied that and I worked with that and I kept asking that question. And when I look back on when I did find what was mine and I feel really comfortable and happy with it, when I look back at the journey I've had to take, that's where I, you know, that's the map that I created in order to then um, share that with, with others. So I created the map, um, got it in, 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 a, in a form that was kind of readable and understandable. And now I share that with others so that they can find what, what's theirs and really go through the soul seeking journey mm -hmm. of, of asking that question, but also looking at some of the blocks, uh, some of the things that inhibit us, some of the, the things that have, where our light has diminished, our own particular light has diminished and we're not confident or um, we don't have the self-esteem that we might need in order to fully bring our gifts into the world. So we, we look into that journey, what is it that's holding us back? And, and once I, I, I work with people like that, then they, they start to move on and to okay this is what's mine to do and and then they have the support of myself and the community to nurture that and to um, ensure that it is in some ways successful mm -hmm. not always in the ways that they expect it to be but you know in in, in ways that they're going to find some kind of fulfillment so, so this is something you've created yourself after you've yes. been through the process yes so what made you want to do that and what was it that was holding you back what was holding me back? Um, well, I had a tendency to put other people like teachers, facilitators, um, leaders on a pedestal and 
somehow be believing that they had all the answers mm. until I started to turn around and think, actually, you know, I've got some answers here. I've got something that's potent and um, a story that's worth telling and ways that I've had to overcome certain difficulties, um, difficult, like, like physical difficulties, like not having enough money for things. Having a big family of children, I have six children, so looking after a big family, I'm quite stretched a lot of the time. Um, be, being a woman, being a woman, you know, in, in some of the work that I do. Um, and also having a story that has probably diminished a lot of my own light. So I was sexually abused as a child. I got pregnant at 16. Um, I had rather um, dysfunctional relationships with men. Um, who who were not always the best for me, as my mm. mother would say. Like, you have a tendency to choose lame dogs. Um, that wasn't very nice of her, but, um, you know, we struggled. And that's not not because it was about just about them. You know, I was, I was unhealthy myself. I wasn't managing life very well. But, you know, as time moved on and I, and I worked with programs and things that, that really helped me and I danced and I got very creative and I started to ask for help and um, and really and, and start to move on with with the sense of a business I'm a bit of an entrepreneur you know I, I, I want to be self-supporting I want to work for myself I want to be able to bring in a decent income I've had to work really hard to engage with that and to to be the person that I want to be and it's only through sheer determination and and showing up and doing the thing that I love the most that's really helped me to bring my light into the world. And I've told my story, I've shared my story. I was a very shy child at school, um, in the classroom. I would never speak up. I didn't have a voice. I felt very shut down in myself. And it took a long time for me to be able to speak up. I can do one-to-one -one quite well. In groups, I would always find it really difficult. Mm. Um, in, but unless, unless I was making my particular offering, unless I was bringing what was mine, what I loved into the space, then I could be talking till the cows come home. You know, I was, I was very free and very, um, it was almost like I was channeling something. Something was coming through me that was saying, yes, do this, do this, and you're good at this, and you can do this. And I am good at my work, and I am good at holding a space for others in a process. And so I've had a lot of um, experience of that with having a big family. You know, I was always holding a space for, for people's growth. And I watched my children growing up with the things that they loved to do. We did a lot of homeschooling to begin with until they wanted to go to school. But I always encouraged them with the things that they loved to do. What were their hobbies? What were they passionate about? What were the things that drew their attention? And that was the most important thing, not the schoolwork, not the exams, not the results. It was what did they love doing the most and fully encouraging them to do that, letting them have their own autonomy. And watching them do that and, and developing their own skills and their own passion for life, I could see their soul beginning to shine and I could see what was theirs to do so it's, it was like having my own little study group in a way <laughs> um, I'm sure they wouldn't agree with that but um, you know they have they've had their difficulties as well and the challenges of course and we don't get through life without those especially if we really want to grow mm. so 
that was really important for me and and to, to witness that and to see that develop and you know my own struggles with that as well you know having to to have a big family and also wanting to work myself and develop the thing that I felt most passionate about so you know having that tendency to put others on a pedestal I had to drop that and let that go and start to build myself up mm. and and to and really focus on on what it was that I loved and and continue with that and I recognized the things that I loved as a little girl when I was very young three years old I was dancing my mother took me to ballet school I just wanted to dance and I wanted animals around me I wanted fur and cuddly you know anything <laughs> and um, and I loved writing but I loved writing in a very particular way and I was a very poetic writer partly because my mother had insisted absolutely insisted that I learned to read and write before I went to school because my brother it's, it's a big story I won't go into all mm. of that but she insisted on that and so she it was sit down at the table you're going to write you're going to learn and uh, I struggled with that immensely because I was completely different to my brother I wasn't able for it really so I started writing in this very poetic way and um, I still do that to this day it taught me so grateful to my mother for doing those for the time I've learned to really acknowledge my difficulties and my challenges as as incredible opportunities for growth you know they've they've put me on that path they've said okay how can I use this I didn't think that when I was three years old but to this day now I look back on that and say well that was a blessing that has really taught me to to write in the way that I've learned to write that's true for me mm. um, so my, my books are quite poetic they have poetry in them and my way of writing is um, you know a bit of a free flow of, of, of words and prose and meanings and it's also a very very clear story as well mm. so I have good editors <laughs> I had to learn to have good editors I wanted to do it all by myself but um, yeah I have a wonderful editor and um, and support mentor with that now yeah we all we all um, need editors yeah. definitely yes mm. yeah yeah so how you mentioned your mother a few times in that and uh, and the one was about the comments she made about boyfriends you had being lame ducks how how did that kind of reaction from your mother influence your your relationship with her oh it made me choose even more like Lame dogs, it is actually dogs. Lame dogs, sorry, lame dogs. <laughs> I always went for the bad guys. I always went for the, the guys that other women didn't want. Um, I wanted to pick them up, fix them, make them mm. better. Addicts, you know, drinkers, all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, I had a rough ride with that. My first boyfriend was blind and a diabetic. And um, when I was 16 and I had a little baby to look after, so that was a very difficult journey. I was looking after him, trying to look after a newborn baby, uh, not easy. For some reason, you know, my, I think probably because of the abuse early on in my life, um, I didn't feel that self-worth and just thought, well, my, my role was to try and fix others who were as broken as I was. Mm. So... You know, my mother wasn't happy about these things and she was even less happy when I got pregnant at 16. Hmm. But, you know, my, my mom and I, we, we, we ended up being the best of friends. You know, I did a lot of work on myself to repair the, the, the relationship. Um, you know, I couldn't expect it from her. 
she was very fixed in her ways. She was very middle class. Um, things had to be, you know, she worried about what the neighbours would think all the time and wanted me to be the perfect daughter and I was far from it. I was having tantrums at, um, at a, from about six months old. And she said that I would just throw myself all over the place and bang my head and do crazy, crazy shit. And uh, she, she just used to think, what is wrong? You know, there's something wrong with this child. What have I done that's wrong, you know? Or what mistakes have I made? All that sort of thing. So it was, it was I had a troubled childhood, um, but I found my own solutions for that. I danced, I got out in nature, I had my animals. That was my sanctuary. And, um, you know, and as time went on, we, 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 we were great together. Mm. You know, we would have a really lovely, lovely time together, great relationship. And she died a long, many years ago now, as did my father. Um, he was a very quiet man, and uh, but very lovely, you know. Very, they were a lovely, lovely, lovely couple. Yeah, and and I've got nothing. I don't hold anything against either of them at all. You know, I don't need to have. I'm a grown up. <laughs> There's no point in blaming, being you know, pissed off about how our parents brought us up. They mm. gave me the life that I have now, and I really appreciate that. But it's interesting what you said about your your own children. How you you didn't want them to to focus on grades and educational excellence it was about what was important to them and what they they love to do is is that in some way do you think related to the opposite to how you were brought up i think so i, think so. I hated school I, I i was so unhappy in school um it, it really and i don't think it worked for me i'm a, a kinesthetic learner tactile learner mm. it's also called I don't learn visually, I don't learn by being read to, I don't learn by reading, I don't learn by listening to a lecture. You know, I learn by doing physically, making, creating, um, moving, you know, hence the dance and writing, all those sorts of things. Um, so, you know, in those days, they would not have realised that I wasn't getting what they were talking about. I was sitting there looking out the window and hoping that the bell would ring soon. It, mm. I, I was deeply unhappy there, deeply. Um, because I just, I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't being able to respond or um, understand anything that was, was going on there. And then I was sent to a convent, which was even harder because I was brought up um, Church of England and we were quite a religious family, went to church and prayed. And that was, you know, I went to Sunday school. It was a big part of our life. And then I was sent to a Catholic convent, which I've never really understood. And and the, the the children who weren't Catholic weren't treated very nice. We didn't go into the plush chapels with the the, the nice shagpile carpets and the play with rosary beads, which I would have quite liked. We had to sit outside on the concrete steps in the freezing cold, waiting for the good little Catholic girls to come out. And then we'd go off to our classroom. I had a um, scriptures lesson with one nun, uh, uh, the, the, the um, children who weren't Catholic would go into one classroom and the Catholic children would go into, this was actually all girls, would go into another classroom. And in our classroom, we were taught by Sister Mary Edwards, who um, would talk to us about how not to get pregnant. And if we kissed a boy, we would get pregnant. Well, she was right. I kissed a boy and I got pregnant at 16. Um, <laughs> but she also taught us things about how animals don't have souls. And we would argue with her 
But animals do have souls. I know they have souls. Hence, I got really fascinated with digging up my pets after they'd died in the garden to see what had happened to them. You know, so she, she set me on a very particular path mm. around soul journey. Um, and I was going to prove to her that animals had souls and we all have souls and they have their particular journey on this earth. So it wasn't a wasted time, but it was, um, you know, we weren't, again, that was that, that light being diminished in our lives because somehow we weren't as good as the other girls. Yeah. And our femininity was quite scarred through that. Yeah. So, you know, lots of different ways in which I, I struggled with my upbringing, but hating school was was the most difficult thing for me. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to put my children through that. They went to school if they wanted to go to school. It was much easier to homeschool in those days. And for part of it, I was living in Ireland, but they had the choice. And, um, you know, that that was just the way it was. And my focus was on you do what you love. And if they did decide to go to school, well, they had to go. And then if they decided not to go to school, okay, what else are you going to do? Let's look at this. Let's work this out. Yeah. My daughter decided at one point, my eldest daughter, she said, Mom, I'm done with school. Um, there's a, there's a, I said, what are you going to do? Within two weeks, she was an apprentice at a hairdresser's in the village. Um, she'd gone in there and she started winning awards and she's a fantastic hairdresser. And, and you know, she, she, she really learned a lot about the quality of how she gave to people. It was very, very admirable and, and I witnessed that on many occasions. It really helped her to grow up. It gave her life skills. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I encourage people with is to look at the quality you learn from doing what you love. It's not just about what you're doing. It's not just the job. Yeah. It's what's the quality that goes with that. Yeah. You so know, my, my work is as a facilitator to offer the work that I do and to hold a space for people and personal growth. And I do that with dance and creative writing and, and, and creativity in general and shamanic tools. The quality I bring it is a, a gentleness and a curiosity, deep, mm. deep curiosity. I, I could have done with, with talking to you about two years ago, I think. Um, my, my youngest uh, decided they didn't want to go to school, um, li lives with her mother, and myself and my sister were telling her, you've got to do this, you've got to go in, because it was GCSE year you're not going to get any GCSEs and, and they essentially quit. And it was the, the COVID year, the year that children didn't even do exams. They were essentially handed GCSEs. So she'd have got them if she'd stayed. And we're like, why have you done that? We spent ages arguing with her about, you know, you need to do this. It's important for you to do this. And then after that, got the opportunity to go to a college, which I didn't think she'd get into with no GCSEs. But she quit that after about three weeks, even though that was the year obviously still in COVID, they handed out diplomas for college. And she just didn't want to do it. She was adamant that she was going to go and work at Amazon in a warehouse. And I, I was so frustrated about this because she's so intelligent, so intelligent and just has no qualifications at all. Yet she's gone to work for Amazon. She's been there over a year now. She's doing a, a supervisor course at Amazon and she's earning more now at 19 than I was earning in my mid thirties. I should have listened to her, quite frankly. I can say that now because she's not going to listen to this podcast, but she was right. Yeah, and, and so we have got to listen to our children. Yeah. We have got to listen to 
attention to what they're saying and why they make the choices that they make. Why are they unhappy in school? Mm. And and what is it that they they feel is is theirs to do? And what what are they? What brings them happiness in their lives? And it's not to say everyone should take their kids out of school at the drop of a hat, but they should definitely be having those conversations with them. And we don't just need careers advisors. We need soul advisors mm. to go into school and have those conversations with kids. Like, what is it that you really feel is yours to do? Not, well, you would be suitable. You've got the degree. You, you could go and do that job. You know, or Billy could go and work on the building site over there. What other choice you've got? But does anybody ever say to the child, what would you really love to be doing? Yeah. And and what would help you to do that? And where 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 is the encouragement that you need in order to fulfil your own dreams? Doesn't mean they're gonna go through they're not gonna go through a difficult period to try and you know, to, to have that be be manifest but they'll grow on the way. They'll develop their own skills. They'll develop the quality that is theirs. You know, it's a growing up phase that we take away from children too easily. You know, I've had to struggle, but you, you think about a, a plant. If we put plants to grow um, outdoors in the rain, the sunlight, and the, all the, the bugs, the difficulties, they are much more potent than if they're put in a greenhouse and given lots of chemicals and artificial light and heat and all the rest of it. Um, they might grow and look beautiful, but they're not going to be as potent a, a medicine or you know, to have the minerals and vitamins that the plant that has struggled in the soil and yeah, got itself up there is going to have. Mm. It survives the slugs as they do in my garden. But um, you know, it, it, it's, it's very true. I was talking to somebody on my podcast, actually, who talks about um, he's, he's planting, uh, he's doing medicine plants, as in Chinese medicine, um, for health, for healing certain um, body, body things, uh, illnesses, disease. And, and he's talked about this a lot, about you, know, you need to give them a natural environment for the medicine to be really potent, because all the, the medicines that are coming with plants in different forms they just haven't got the potency because they're growing in a in a greenhouse or in a um in, in, a, in a sort of factory like factory farming almost um so it's a it's it, we're the same you know we are part of nature we need a a certain amount of stress to help us to grow you know if everything's too easy mm. we don't we don't exercise those muscles not to say we need an overload of stress but we need some. Okay. Tell me about the um, the, the soul journey map that you talked about earlier, because I'll confess I know absolutely nothing about this. One of our guys here at Engage Web is into this. Uh, he does sound healing and has a collection of gongs. I don't know why you need more than one gong, but he has many gongs. And he does this gong beating at a... At a cathedral in in chester um so he's well into this so he's tried to tell me a little bit about it but how does this this map work okay so it's called the wheel of souls return yeah and if anybody comes along to my courses and i hold a 13 week online course for people to, to study it and to look at their own journey in it and what what happens is we we come in we start to 
build a sense of community to begin with. We need community for a soul journey. It's not something we can do on our own. We need the support, encouragement, and the shared experience and story. So that's, that's where we begin. And then we start to look at where we might be lacking in a spiritual or um, a, a sort of having a, a power greater than our, ourselves, um, having God, spirit, something that we believe in that is, is not just our own ego. Because quite often we can come to a soul journey full of ego, full of, oh, this is what I need to be doing. Nothing wrong with the ego. We need a healthy ego. But that I stress that we need a healthy ego. So we start to look at our own spiritual path yeah, and to lean into something bigger than ourselves. And once we can get a sense of that and we can trust that, or even just begin to trust it, we start to look at the, our innocence and we look at ourselves as a child. We do some inner child work. Um, because I believe, and, and traditionally in, in shamanic and spiritual teachings, we come to earth with a soul purpose, a sacred contract. And that's already there in place when we're conceived. Yeah, And so the soul's journey begins pre-conception. Pre yeah? So the soul comes in with this purpose. It's up to us to identify it. Now, if we're wise and we're allowing our children to follow their own passions to mm. you know choose the things that they want to do to be the person they need to be then we'll start to see what their their gifts and talents are because they'll be showing them all the time what's the first thing that they lean towards mine was dance the little kid i wanted to dance um that was encouraged thankfully my parents encouraged that my grandmother encouraged that um there were a few other things as well that that were encouraged and and you know i grew from that and i have to go back and have a look at those things and to see oh what was mine all that time ago and then we start to look at our lessons we're looking at the um what we call the spirit rebel the time in her life now your daughter depicted this very well um she chose for herself she was the spirit rebel she knew that she, it wasn't helpful for her to be in school um, to, to go to college to do those exams she knew some part of her had to break away from the family mold yeah and to find her own path and we all have to do that so I offer work called um, the leaving home story and we look at our leaving home story how did we leave home was it in a crash bang wallop I'm out the door thank you very much but I'm, I'm off into the world um, did we find it difficult to leave home and were we always pulling back um, did we have a traumatic leaving home where we chucked out? You know, there are lots of different stories about leaving home. We have to explore that because they repeat themselves all the way through our life. And, and we, need to, we need to look at that. Um, and once we've got the information, which we call the gathering, the information about our childhood, our, our birth, our childhood, our adolescence, you know, the, the rebel nature within us, um, we, have, we have what we call, um, we've hunted and gathered for our... Um, for the blueprint that we came to the world with. And then we move on into what we call the deeper knowing. And this place, we start to apprentice to our own story. Apprentice to a university or a, um, you know, some other course or whatever. We're literally apprenticing to our journey. And so we make that our study. What did this mean? What did that mean? When I met that person, what were they bringing into the puzzle? What were they helping me with? How did I grow from this experience? And we start to look at all those different stories as 
part of our education and we get creative with them so we work with the artisan um, getting I call it artisan I like these old-fashioned words um, it, but it's the artist or the lover of life and we we begin to create from that archetypal place um, how, what what is it that I need to create what do I need to make yeah I started designing the wheel of souls return at that point I started designing my own body of work and what it was that I knew was mine to bring into the world. And I got really creative with it. I made things, I painted things, I wrote books about it, yeah? Started developing it in, in that way. And then it's the thespian, the actor, who has to stand on the stage of life and go, here I am, okay? Here's my flyers, here's my social media platform, here's my books, here's my this, that, and the other, my podcast, whatever it is. We have to step up and go, yeah, I've, I've realized what's mine to do. Now I've got to show it to the world. And that's where our sovereign self can really start to shine. And that light that was diminished in childhood starts to reemerge. Yeah, that innocent self. And, and we start to fall in love with our purpose. And that's where our soul shines through. And we go, yeah, this is why I'm here. This is what's mine to do. And we feel that excitement of the child that says, yeah, somebody's seeing me somebody encouraging me you know i'm doing what i know is mine and i'm happy with that and so we've we go through this course you know identifying each of these different stages and i give people tasks to do and creative bodies of, 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 of things to create so i might ask them to draw a particular map about a soul part of their soul journey um, i ask people to connect with each other throughout the week so that they, they have a connection with somebody else, they can share their story. And we do drum journeys, we use shamanic, um, traditional shamanic tools for that, because they really connect to the soul part of us that wants to wake up. Um, and um, yeah, and, and I'll ask them to write a little story about something, you know, just a page of words that they can share. Uh, we make medicine bags, we, we make spirit masks, we make talking sticks and, and, and our own staffs. And these are all old traditional ways of working with, with to, to, to do soul work um, and, and shamanic um, tools. And so we, we, we work with that and then we start to look at how we're going to develop that further. And we need, there are different archetypes then that support the sovereign self, the, the true self to really shine in the world and to remember that we can very easily fall into the likes of grandiosity, you know, um, to get a bit power mad. We see that a lot in, in the world, you know, world leaders can get mad and it's all about the power, it's all about self aggrandization, it, it, it's, it's all about me kind of thing. Um, and, and we need, we need or the, the other side of that is that we, um, that we can abandon ourselves you know we might abandon our, our gifts and so I, i'm not good enough i can't do it i can't push forward my thespian shrinks i'm not able to step up so we're abdicating we're abdicating the throne of our sovereign self that's the shadowy side of that two shadowy sides of, of that so we need the archetypal qualities and the community that are going to help us with that to step up and and really be who we're here to be um, and, and, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's a process that I take people on bit by bit. So it's not about just getting on that stage and saying, all oh, right, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to bring to the world. 
and then crash bang while you know some somewhere you're falling back down because it hasn't got the foundations of true growth you know, it hasn't got the foundations that you're standing on you're saying well yeah i've done the work i needed to do on myself in order to get here is it making sense it it, it is i mean do you are you saying that then everybody has a reason that, that, that they're here effectively everybody has something that their that their soul is put here for but but most people don't know so. why yeah i do believe that i do i i absolutely do believe that i think there is a calling in everybody and it's not all kind of woo woo airy fairy or you know sort of like some it, sometimes it's just a simple a simple thing that we're here to do and to bring into the world you know we could be fulfilling our sole purpose just by you know working in a restaurant or working in the shoe shop or you know being a taxi driver you know that might be absolutely perfect for that person mm. you might be really happy with that and that's that's beautiful and that's great because they're going to be bringing their soul quality into that work and, and making other people happy yeah so it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is it's like are you happy in it is the question I would ask. Are you feeling fulfilled and joyful? Are you, are you, do you get up in the morning and go, yeah, I can't wait to get to work today. It's really fulfilling me. Is that effectively it then? If, you, if you're feeling really happy and content and fulfilled in life, then chances are you are doing what you should be doing. But if you're not... Look, you know, I can't, I can't say for other people. Only they can answer that question. But I'm here... And I, I offer this work for those to go, do you know what? I think there's something more to life than this. And I want to know what it is, or I want to know why I, I set up a body of work or I create something or I get a job and then I drop out at the drop of a hat. I can't do it. I can't keep going with something. And I just keep changing my job over and over again. And chances are they haven't really found what is what they really want to be doing. And there might be some work from childhood or from adolescence, their leaving home story, their birth story, might be something that they need to pinpoint that goes, aha, oh right, I see why that pattern exists in my life. I see why that keeps, everything keeps falling apart in that moment. I understand now why I'm repeating the same old habit over and over again. You know, repetition is a fantastic resource. You know, because things show up constantly that need to change or that we can really learn something from. You know? So if you look through your life, you, you look through your life, what keeps repeating itself that you struggle with? There's a lesson in that. It's not just doing the same things. We hear this all the time, doing the same thing, expecting different results. Definition of madness. So, it is exactly and we are pretty mad this society yeah so <laughs> so it is it really is about yeah taking a moment to go through the process to start to identify where where things we're coming up against the same difficulty the same problem over and over again and say well am i going to do something different am i going to get a different perspective on my life is that going to change yeah, or do I, am I happy to just keep going? Okay. There's there's a famous quote. I, I can't remember who it's by. You may well know because it relates to what you've just said perfectly. And it's the two most important days in your life: the day you were born, and the day you find out why. Mm -hmm. There you go. 
yeah i can't remember who who said it either but um mm. it's absolutely true yeah mm. so yeah. How, how how do people how do they know that they need to speak to you what what, what is it they 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 feel that makes them think do you know i'm just not sure i think it's just a feeling i think it's just oh nothing's working something's wrong i'm going to try this um most people come to me and say, I just got a sense that I needed to talk to you. I just got a sense that this work could be the thing that I'm looking for. That that's that's where I, I get most most people come to me with. It just it's just a, a gut feeling. And it's it's not a thinking thing. You know, I work with the soul, I work with emotions, I work with the heart. Um I don't I don't analyze <laughs> particularly you know i'm not a very analytical person in that respect but they see something on social media or the website and they come through and they just say oh, i just so happened to see this today and i'm i'm almost surprised at how i came to see it but i did and i'm following it I'm following through and are you able to give an example of somebody that you you've helped without obviously giving names but the kind of thing that they were doing and they weren't happy with and now they have a purpose and, and what it is i have one um beautiful beautiful um student who is still working with me still working this process and yes she she realized what was hers to do and what was hers to bring and it was working with children and it was a very particular project she wanted to do um, I won't name it because I don't have mm. she hasn't given me permission to at this stage but yes she started to build a, a, a little school and a space for children to connect with nature and making particular there's a very particular thing that she makes and she sent me one when she when she first came it's a little children's um, tool for working in nature with and um, and it, and it's beautiful, and it, and it's it. You can tell that when she talks about it, that her soul is so connected to it, and that it's bringing so much light into her life, and and it's got its struggles. She's she's having to build it. She's having to create this whole new platform that she never expected to create in the first place. But doing the soul work, doing the thirteen weeks, really showed her that this is what she was here to be doing. Most people tend to find the quality more more easily than they find the actual purpose the the, the vocation if you like mm. um it seems to come more easily but it takes time and and people need to really commit to the journey and what sometimes happens is people get halfway around the wheel and they get to the artisan where you know we're literally turning from being a victim to our past story and then turning into yeah being creative with it and for a lot of people, they're very um, comfortable as the victim, because as a victim, you can blame others, you can blame your family, you can blame your teacher, you can say it's everybody else's fault but mine, um, and we don't grow from that place. And so people can get very stuck there. But those who say, yeah, do you know what? I'm not a victim to my story. I'm actually going to make something of my life. They're the ones that go on to do something really creative and and start to change you know they let go of old patterns they might of course carry on with their work with their job um, but they'll have a very different view of it you know we need to be earning 
and it mean we need to be paying our bills that sort of thing you know not just i'm not i don't encourage people to just drop their jobs and start being more creative and you know mm. and then getting them back to knocking on the door is it's not about that <laughs> but it's about finding what the patterns are that restrict you that make you unhappy and I often see people in jobs where they're, they're unhappy, but they ha what they haven't done is that they, they've got this sort of more um, masculine role so that, that that's feeding them, that's nourishing them, that's bringing in money for the bills, that's, you know, it's very structured. But they haven't fulfilled the creative aspect of their life, the soul part of their life. And sometimes we, we well, I believe we do need both. We need the work that's going to pay the bills and keep us grounded and keep a roof over our heads. But we also need to be fulfilling that soul part. And if the vocation takes off and suddenly it does become a way to earn a living, then great. You know, you can let go of the day job. Yeah. Um, but it's it's important to keep a balance on these things. Mm. So if I'm only going to work from nine till five and bringing in the paycheck and in a rather miserable way, and I'm not fulfilling that soul part of me, then there's going to be a there isn't the harmony that's necessary for, for life you know for really living so, so anyone listening to this needn't worry that you're not going to find some seven-figure earning hedge fund manager who's going to quit their job and start doing water cutters it, it's, it's about doing so. doing the things that you like whilst also maintaining your responsibilities as well exactly there you go that's mm. yeah got it in a yeah nutshell that was it <laughs> <laughs> So, so how how do people get in touch with you? What's what's the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way to reach out to me, well, they can email me. They can go on my website, Caroline at MiddleEarthMedicine.com, or my website is um, MiddleEarthMedicine.com. Um, I'm on social media. I've just joined TikTok, actually. Um, mm. That's that's a lot of fun. I thought I will never join TikTok. It's all about lipstick and and beefing up muscles in a gym. I, I looked at it. I thought that's for the kids. And then I started to. Well, I was I was instructed on a podcast course. Say TikTok is a really good thing to be on these days. So I joined TikTok and actually found some really nice older grandmothers and they're like with with lovely messages. So I've started doing that. So you can find on there. Caroline Carey 62 I'm I'm on as that and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook I use all social media platforms I loved what you said about not using you know people who don't use social media you know and that it's a bit of a, a strange one in this day and age because I'm somebody who years ago when I first started my business I was stuffing envelopes with flyers that I'd had to make um, writing on the um, writing the addresses on sticking stamps on which you had to lick in those days you know mm. it's horrible get my kids to do all that um, and spend a fortune posting them out and uh, you know sending them off to people's homes and um, yeah it would cost a fortune it was a heck of a lot of work people don't realize how lucky they are having social media these days because you know you can put something up there and it doesn't cost you and it's kind of easy there's a dark side to social media of, of course, course we know yeah. and we have sensible about that and anybody can put any course up and stuff but have they done the work behind it we have to ask ourselves that sort of thing um but you know it's um it's not always easy but it is a gift on many levels hmm. and, and how's that working for you in in promoting your your business oh i think it's been amazing it's been an absolute godsend for me i think it's where i get a lot of 
my clients and a lot of people coming to work with me is definitely through social media. Yeah, they can see, they can, you know, there's film, there's, there's ways that they can connect. Um, it's instant. It's, uh, it's a fantastic platform that we have mm. if we use it wisely. If we use it wisely, yeah. And and you mentioned TikTok. How much effort are you putting into TikTok, or are you repurposing stuff that you record for the podcast? No, I'm. I've just started TikTok about two weeks ago. Um, it's very new to me, and um, I'm playing with it at the moment and having fun with it. Hmm. Um, I, I'm. I, I'm just. I'm just recording a little bit about my work every day, and posting it putting little stars on it and sort of trying out the different ways of writing and <laughs> say, oh, this is a new toy. I'll have yeah. a go at this. Um, but yes, that's all I'm doing at the moment. I'm not reposting anything or it's just in the moment. I, I, I'm very spontaneous in everything that I do. Very spontaneous. And, um, and are, you, are you trying new platforms? Have you gone onto threads yet? I've gone onto threads. Excellent. Yeah. Sure, I'm not too sure about threads. I put a few questions up and a few, a few little bits. So I didn't really get much of a response. People are following me, but um, I haven't quite grasped it yet. It's very, it's early days. I think a lot of people have gone onto it because obviously it's tied to Instagram, so its its user base is probably the fastest growing social media platform ever. Right. But whether they're actively using it on a daily basis is a different matter. Yeah, yeah. I I pop in there and have a little look and um, see what's going on we'll see we'll yeah. see it's taken me this long to get onto tiktok you know, so. <laughs> one step at a time one step at a time yeah one let me get used to this one first then i'll catch up with that one <laughs> <laughs> all right um thank you very much we, we, we're just about out of time that, that it's been a, been a pleasure and i've 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 learned stuff i didn't know again i'm learning loads doing these podcast interviews that's what I find with my podcast. I learn things from other people and shared interests and bits of information. It's it's just great. It's just such, such a lovely way to connect with people around the world. It know? is. I recommend everyone do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you so much, Karen, for asking me. My and pleasure. it's been lovely to share with you. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh.